Taking over a family business can be terrifying and exciting at the same time. I invited Steve Miller, a listener of this podcast, to record the first Cali BBQ Media episode from inside my restaurant. He shared his story of transforming his family's successful baking company into a barbecue business. It's hard to know when to pivot your business. When I inherited my grandfather's breakfast restaurant and turned it into Cali Comfort Barbecue, I knew in my heart that it would take off despite people saying that it wouldn't. Make sure to listen to the end of the episode to learn how our team at Cali Barbecue Media can help improve your online presence with digital marketing, web design, video, and podcasting. Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walcheff. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Today we are coming live from the main floor at Cali Comfort Barbecue, which is the first time that we've ever recorded a podcast, I think within the four walls of the restaurant. So uh, Digital Hospitality is 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 taking a new step today. Um, today's guest is Steve Miller, the owner of Rock Creek Lake Resort in the Eastern Sierra Mountains of California. Um, he reached out to us digitally, which is the essence of the Digital Hospitality Podcast. Is It's one thing to be curious, it's another thing to get involved, and all the magic happens when you actually reach out and share information. That's uh, kind of how we've built our business and why I'm excited to talk to Steve today. So welcome uh, welcome to Digital Hospitality. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you, uh, you and your wife own a resort in the Eastern Sierra Mountains. Tell me, tell me more. Uh, yeah, we have taken over Rock Creek Lakes from Resort from her parents okay. who have owned Family it. Family business. Yeah, they've owned it for over 40 years now. Okay. And uh, they were looking to move into retirement and we took the opportunity to take it over. Uh, I think one of the important things that Derek and I talked about on Behind the Smoke and what we continue to talk about every week on Digital Hospitality is so much of business is family. Whether the family is actually participating in the business or not, it takes a family to buy into a business. And no matter what you're doing in life, um, it's very it's very rare that the generation wants to take something on. And when they do want to take it on, they want to make their imprint. And I think that's kind of one of the things that you had expressed to me um, and Stover in the email that you wrote, kind of what you had heard by listening to Behind the Smoke um, kind of resonated with you in the fact that you wanted to do something that hadn't been done in the 40 years prior. Yeah. Um, the, the legacy that Amy's mom made was pies. Mm-hmm. And it was the the previous owners had even done pies back in the sixties, fifties, and sixties. What kind of pies are we talking about? Uh, like handmade fruit pies. Handmade fruit pies. Yeah. So like apple pies. Apple pie, um, peach pie, strawberry pie, and then cream pies. So coconut, they they got known for. I mean, so in San Diego, San Diego County. Julian is known for its pies. Yeah. Santa Isabel is right. Julian apple pies. And like they've literally built this incredible business based on a pies. Yeah. But you took over a resort that had pies. So people came for pies. 
but then you decided that maybe it, pies wasn't the answer. It would be like us taking over Julian and starting a barbecue shop. <laughs> Which is a bold move. It's a very bold move. <laughs> That's how it feels. Because, yeah, because I've, I've gone out to Julian. And so you're familiar the, with Julian? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we've gone out there. I've got pie there. It's really good. Mm-hmm. But their op- operation is a hundred times what ours is. Yeah. But obviously it's not handmade. It's You've got the presses and all that stuff, and you're, they've got those tractor trailers storing frozen crust so that they can pump out as many pies as they can. But for us, it was <clears throat> it's a small, I think it's... 800 square foot kitchen yeah and um a hundred year old building up in the middle of nowhere and you're open seasonally so finding a baker to do all that is tough so it was sue owner yeah doing it because not only can you work those long hours you could you live there yeah so it's easier and um yeah so she just hand make 40 pies a day It'd be like it'd be like cooking forty pies a day in your kitchen at home, basically. Yeah, that's what it sure feels like in there. So, but these pies became famous. I mean, they were featured in <laughs> became, national publications like Sunset yeah. Magazine. Yeah, I think twice in Sunset Magazine, which is a huge deal for huge. old media legacy production. I mean, yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah, and I think that happened in the '90s, and from there it kind of exploded. Yeah, and uh, there's a line every day, starting at. I th- they, we had to set a time when pies were out of the oven just because people would try and order pies at 6 a.m. when we're still making them. Wow. But, um, so, yeah, you, we just told everybody pies are, pies are out at 10. And so you'd have people lining up. Wow. Before 10. And then line zigzagging through the store. And then as soon as you start serving, it's just all hands on deck. Everybody's scooping pies. So we're talking and, about 40 pies a day. And how much yeah. are we selling a pie for? <clears throat> uh by the end, it was seven seventy-five a wow. slice. Oh, a slice! Yeah. So a slice of pie. How much was a whole pie? Whole pie was by the slice. No oh, discounts. Just by the slice. Because yeah, Cause it was that good. <laughs> yeah. So it's, we we tried to keep people from doing that because there sure. wasn't enough to go around. And yeah, so how many people slices would, in a pie? There's six. Uh, the apple pie had seven. So yeah, about sixty, seventy bucks a wow. pie, and people would without hesitation would buy a whole pie yeah and it got to the point where we had to say okay you can't buy a whole pie unless you pre-order it the day before and we limit how many whole pie orders we do for the next day that way we'd have enough for the how people. long how long were you working in the business while this was going on i was in the business five years five years and t- before, and before before we cut you, pies before you cut pies yeah i met so for 10 years you were slanging pies no. Um, uh, five years. Five, sorry, years. five years you were slinging yeah. pies. But I wasn't actually in the pie. I was, there was also a grill, which uh-huh. is kind of like in the back seat. So we, they cooked burgers when I showed up. Okay. And so I was flipping burgers for that whole time. Okay. And um, <clears throat> that, I think that's kind of how I, that, that's what I like to do is grilling. Yeah. And so, yeah. My wife would be in there with her sister and her mom making pies every day, serving them, and I'd just be at the grill cooking burgers. And if it wasn't for the pies, we'd probably have no burger business. Yeah. But, yeah, so and uh, yeah, so five years, and then t- 2015 was our last 
season selling pies. So when you and your wife have this conversation that you're going to take over the business and you have it with your mother-in-law and father and father-in-law yeah and they're essentially retiring they're tired of making pies yeah they, she's over she's she, tired of making pies amy my wife doesn't want to make pies for the rest of her life yeah and i don't want to make pies either um so yeah we just talked about it and uh said if we are going to take this business over we're going to cut pies yeah just for our sanity and for the longevity of the business because I mean, for as many people as you're making happy serving pies to, there's double that, maybe triple that, that are unhappy because they just drove however long to get a pie and there's none left. So so how is the resort business doing without the pies? So like just now, the resort business bef- before you guys took over? The resort, uh, the, well, the bread and butters are cabin rentals. The cabin rentals, yeah. okay, because it's beautiful. I mean, it's yeah. we're talking about yeah. just don't incredible. Have to, they, those How far themselves. are you from Mammoth Mountain? We are about maybe a thirty-minute drive. Thirty-minute drive from Mammoth Mountain, yeah. Eastern Sierras of the. It's absolutely. If you go on their website, it's just unbelievable the serenity of these cabins. Yeah, and Mammoth uses our head wall for a lot of their marketing, so we oh, get really? a ton of publicity for free, basically. Uh, our our fall colors is kind of something that Mammoth has started to push more mm-hmm. and all their brochures and magazines have our head wall on the front So are page. you competing with the Mammoth resort resorts or you have a different demographic? And the people that are coming I, yeah. to stay at Rock Creek, are they actually they're not coming and then going to snowboard or ski, are they? No. 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 They're coming um, for they're coming just the to serenity. be in Rock Creek. They're coming for the serenity of yeah, Rock Creek. Yeah, because you got the lake right across the street from us. Yeah. Um, world-class hiking right up the road. Uh, Little Lakes Valley Trail is one of the most popular trails probably in the area, the Eastern Sierra area. Just because it, it you could drive up above 10,000 feet and just hike for a few miles and it's just rolling hills it's not a steep climb up so Mm -hmm. it's more accessible to everybody and it's just quarter mile after quarter mile of lakes fishable lakes ton of fish out there cool and are there hot springs out there also not in the rock creek canyon but if you go down the hill and drive towards mammoth there's hot springs out there very cool in the caldera there so so what's the season for your guys's business we operate memorial weekend end of May till mid-October. Till mid-October and then close up shop. Shut it down, drain all the water out, shutter the windows and get it out of there before it snows. Okay. And then they close the road three miles down from a, the resort. So you can't you can't drive up there. It's just a, uh, there's a lodge down the road from us. Okay. And they, they operate in the winter grooming that road for backcountry skiing. Oh, really? Yeah. Rad. So. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the idea. Is it the conversation you have with your wife? You decide to cut pies. Cutting pies, do you decide that you need to add something else? Was that, yeah. was that really what the impetus was? Or Yeah. I, I think it's, it started right when I first started working at the resort. It was 2010, and I had, there's another guy working there, and uh, we had cooked some ribs in the grill. And um, we, we made a sauce, this original sauce. Okay. And it, it's actually my dad's recipe. 
That's Very hard. cool. We were up so, there. Yeah, we those, had no those sauce. Those of you that are watching on YouTube, we have both of their sauces um, in front of us, and we're going to do a little... Every podcast, we actually produce a YouTube episode with the Blue Vision team, but then we also do a behind-the-scenes episode, and we're going to go uh, into a little of the how to bottle your barbecue sauce with, uh, with Gene, our pit master, is also Steve, so be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. But tell, tell, me, tell me more about how yeah, that sauce so, got off the ground. Um, it was the fall of 2010. It was my first summer there, and uh, we had cooked ribs, didn't have any sauce to put on it, except for the cheap, smart and final brand mm-hmm. stuff that we sell in our store. And so I called my dad for his recipe, because he'd been making this my whole life, or at least my since I was in high school. Where's probably. your dad from? Tatchby. From Tatchby? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, that's where I grew up. Okay, cool. So uh, we make it. It's really good. Put on the ribs. They taste great. Everybody likes them. And I, at the time, I was really into bottling or making our own beer and, okay. and uh, preserves and stuff. And so I was like, oh, I should bottle this and try and sell it just as a joke. And, just uh, as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do something that's really difficult to try to bottle fucking barbecue sauce. Yeah, so I just uh, as a joke. I did it as a joke, and I got ordered some jars online, and I I probably put the sauce in the four bottles. Uh huh. And one of those uh, uh, labels that you get from Kmart that you put in your printer, you sure. print out. So I just put the name on it. I think I said Miller and Son right off the bat because it was my dad's, cool, so, and me. So I did that. Looked pretty basic. I put it out in the store. And uh, some people bought it. Cool. And so I bottled some more. I think I bottled maybe six bottles the rest of that fall. And I, I don't know, I wasn't thinking a whole lot of it. And just kind of wanting feedback from people, I guess. And uh, the feedback was positive. So I kept doing it. And the next summer I did it. But I made it so that I, I stayed consistent throughout the summer. I made it so that it was always out in the store when people bought some I'd make some more sure how many cases are we talking about not very much not very many like this was very under the table small kinda, batch like giving yeah. it away almost nothing I, I mean I put just it just to prove your concept yeah and I, yeah. I I was putting it in a just a little I don't know a little saucepan and filling a couple bottles at a time so I don't know about that and you gotta then, start somewhere yeah I mean a lot of people talk about oh my dad has an amazing sauce or my grandpa has a sauce or you know oh I, I do a great you know every 4th of July I make something that's it's like you can talk all you want but you gotta fucking do it like you actually yeah. got to go to Kmart get the label get the bottle put the recipe in like that shit doesn't just happen it actually takes action yep and then those action you either improve upon it or you don't yeah and you improved upon it to the where you have two sauces now yeah, yeah, and no, I just kept tweaking the recipe, and at the time, Amy was really grilling me on uh, my diet and the things I Your ate. wife grills you on your diet, too? Oh, yeah, yeah. And this <laughs> That's was, not just me? This, this was right around when, like, the high fructose corn syrup stuff was coming out, and the hydrogenated oils were being talked about, and so I just kind of broke down the recipe and broke it down even further by the ingredients I was putting in and just went to the point where I was getting as raw of an ingredient as I could to make this instead of the original recipe calling for ketchup. Mm-hmm. You can get all sorts of things in ketchup. So I broke that down. Okay, how do I make my own ketchup? Yep. So I'd go and get some tomato paste, get some vinegar, and add the seasonings myself and 
this was late a couple of years later where I was experimenting with my own ketchup just to put in the sauce so that it still tasted good and was a little healthier. That's great. And wife is happy. I think so. Yeah. There you go. Well, I mean, I think one of the things that is important, uh, we just finished up a podcast um, at Wonderfront with Uncle Ed's vodka and Uncle Ed, the founder of the vodka, he has chosen to live a sustainable lifestyle out in Hawaii. And one of his main goals is to incorporate the practices that he does on the island into their vodka company. And I think that's something that obviously resonated with me, resonated with my wife, who was always looking at, you know, better ways to take care of the earth, um, the earth that we're going to be giving to my son and my daughter. And I can hear that, especially for somebody that your business is based in the Sierras. I mean, you're, you're literally based in, in tranquility and peace. Yeah. Um, if something threatens that, that, that becomes an issue. Right. Um, Tell me, tell me a little bit about the, the marketing side of the resort as well as the barbecue restaurant and, and, the, and the sauce. Uh, well, like I said, I think the cabins kind of sell themselves for the most part, but there was a drop in reservations leading up to us taking over. And so we were, we were kind of just talking about everything, like what, what, where is our market looking at? And is it like newspapers, magazines, which is what old media? Been, yeah, yep. And that's kind of what we had been doing before, like the what's it called? Western Outdoor News. Mm-hmm. Um, that we put an ad in that, but that's primarily fishermen going to Baja, yeah, to do some fishing out there. So I don't, I don't think anyone was looking for cabins in there. They were just looking for fishing reports. And then that, so about this time also is when Mammoth was starting to kick up their marketing marketing for digital marketing. Yeah, the digital marketing and their, their brochures, their fall color guides and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And they're including the can- our canyon in that. So, um, you know, you get thousands of people driving past us every day, not stopping. So how do you get them to stop? And so it, it just kind of... Amy redid our website, mm-hmm. started there. Who did? Amy. Your wife? Yeah, wow. Squarespace. Wow, awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Spent a ton of time doing that and still works on it. Almost you have daily. to. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things we just got off a call with Kyle uh, Fluger, who from Mithral Media, he made, built CaliBarbecue.media. And oh, nice. literally, it has to be part of your DNA. Yeah. It has to be your blood type to understand that the content that you're putting on the internet is going to either help you build a business or it's not. Yeah. And people, you have to be discoverable. And in order to be discoverable, it's funny to think that every day people are pushing content to Instagram and, oh, I have to make sure I post a photo and I have to add the hashtags, but yet people neglect their website. And yeah. it's the website is the traffic where you're going to convert. It because really even though is. someone might discover you on Instagram, they're not booking the hotel through Instagram. Right. You can add the link in your bio, yeah. and we believe in that. And you can do that in your story, which we believe in. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you've got to build a mobile-first site where people understand who you are, what you do, and how do they buy from you. Right. How do I book that cabin? Totally. What does that cabin look like? And you guys have photos of every single cabin, yeah. which I think is very impressive. And that's a conscious decision that you guys made with transparent pricing. And I only say this because this is so vital to what people do 
we have such short attention spans. So if somebody chooses to come to your website, if someone chooses to listen to this podcast, we're eternally grateful. But what can we do to offer value back? You offer an incredible place for a family to go. This is the cabins that you can book. Mm -hmm. And it's right there. I don't need to call and wait and maybe get put on hold. Right. I can actually get that information right from the website. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been huge. And that, that happened way before we thought we were going to take the resort over. That was like, I don't know, one of the first or second year that I was there. I kind of talked. I don't know. I mean, I just kind of talked about it and like, hey, we should get a new website up there. You, you know from your own behavior. And like, I think that's something that, you know, through this podcast and digital hospitality, we're living in a world where this digital revolution is happening to every single different type of business, yeah. to every different type of industry. And if people aren't conscious of what their business looks like on a cell phone, that's a problem. Yep. Are you discoverable? Yeah. Are you on Instagram? You guys not only are on Instagram, you have two accounts, right? We if do. not more. Yeah. Do you have a personal account too? Uh, no. Well, no. No. Mil, so you, Mil Sosco is my personal account. Okay. And then but you have I the Rock Creek yeah. Resort. Yep. So you're pushing content to both of those because you know that it's important. Yeah. You know that somebody that's looking to go hiking in the Sierras, yeah. if they find you because of an Instagram post, that's good for your business. Yeah. Right? And, uh, th that's kind of the with the resorts Instagram account. That's the market that's following yeah. that account. They want to see... Is there snow on the road? What are the fishing conditions? What's the Perfect. weather been like? You've become the guide. Yeah. You've become the, lo the eyes and the ears and the pulse of the community. Right. And yeah. that's, I mean, before that, it was a million calls a day. And we still get a ton of calls a day for weather updates and stuff like that. But I think a lot more people can just look on our website or social media and find out that information. And it, it especially with the Facebook group, it kind of becomes a a little community for them too, for just people who enjoy going up to Rock Creek Absolutely. and have been going for generations. So. so you guys have a Facebook group dedicated or you are we, part of groups? We don't have a group, but our page is kind of sometimes acts like a group, mm -hmm. but there is also a, a Rock Creek group page that we are not affiliated with, mm -hmm. but I'm on there to give information whenever I see Perfect. somebody posting a question. I'll and that's very important if I know the answer. But well, it's very important because you are an expert in your field <laughs> and you know exactly. Yeah, I know there's snow on the ground because I just shoveled it. Yeah. This morning. Yeah, and uh, when Amy and I first got married in 2016, we decided to live up at the resort during the winter. So that 16-17 winter, uh -huh. which was uh, record breaking. Record breaking. And so. In terms of snowfall. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That was like. I think the resorts were open until Easter, some, something just like absurd. Oh, Mammoth was open until end of July, I think. End of July? August. Like <laughs> yeah. skiing or snowboarding on the 4th yeah, of so, July is just uh, unbelievable. Yeah, so we, we decided to live there that year, not obviously not knowing it was going to be that kind of winter. And um, people knew that we were living there, so they'd always message us, hey, what's the, what's the lake look like? Or they'd say they're going to ski up for the weekend, and we'd warn them. Mm -hmm. about all the avalanches that were going on and things like that. So, I mean, I think that's so important for people to understand. And it's one of the themes that we've talked about, you know, since we started this podcast was that it's not just about mark digitally marketing your business. It's about understanding that you can become a voice in your community 
and we talk about becoming a media company because we're publishing content not just for our restaurant, but for Spring Valley, for the San Diego sports community, for whatever subtopic you're talking about, you can help people with information that's vital. And if people are coming to Mammoth, they might not know about this, what you guys are doing, right. but maybe you create something that gives them that digital awareness for the family of four that's driving up there and they're like, hey, everywhere's packed at, at Mammoth. We can't book a, book a place to stay. Where can we go? Yeah. Guess what? You better hope that teenager yeah. finds your spot. Right. right? Oh, And totally. whether that's on Snapchat or TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. You've got to be there because you've got to be relevant. Right. Right? Yep. Yeah, and uh, I, think, I think Yelp kind of helps with that. Yelp is as incredible. As much as I have a love-hate relationship with Yelp, I... We, as we a business owner, as a business there, owner, once you help. get over that love-hate relationship <laughs> and start to yeah. embrace Yelp for what it is, there are going to be people that are going to say bad things about your business. You just need right. to accept that and move on. Yeah. Respond to them in a cordial way, but move on. Yeah. But then embrace Yelp for what it is, and it's an right. incredible search engine. Yeah, yeah, and I actually gained a customer from turning a bad situation into I don't know into a positive one yeah yeah well they become because you're probably one of the five percent of business owners that claim your page and not only claim your page but you're active you publish new new things for your site because it's a separate site than your website but then you respond to reviews yeah I bet you you the person that saw the response was like holy shit like that's a literally an internet oh shit moment where you're like oh my god this person actually cares. Right. Obviously you care. You open up the fucking business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and th this was back in the pies day, back pie days. What? Oh, the it, pie day? Yeah, so there's a complaint <laughs> about the pie, which, you know, how I feel about that. It's sure. It's silly, but being, I don't know, I just want everybody to be happy, and that's the thing. The pies were just making so many people upset. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, a, that was well, the main reason. Well, it's not very why. hospitable to make people <laughs> no. upset. Supply no. and demand is... It's a good thing for business, but when you can't meet that demand, no. no matter what you do, then sometimes you have to change. You know, yeah. you have to be willing to adapt. Right. I think uh, that's something that you guys obviously did. Well, that's why I thought barbecue would be an answer to take to fill that void, mm -hmm. uh, because I thought you could expand that easier than you could pie. Well, first of all, barbecue is not easy. <laughs> That's what I found out real quick. There's nothing, there's nothing easy about craft nope. barbecue. But when you make a dedication to that craft, you can create something that is much more sustainable. Yes. Um, yeah. And it's something that can be celebrated. Yeah. You know, it gives people that, that reason. I mean, everyone's looking for a reason, a compelling storyline to why to support a business, to why to go in, to why to tell a friend, hey, you got to come down to this local bar. They've got this cocktail. The first digital hospitality episode we did was at Starlight. And I knew about Starlight because of their Moscow mules. <laughs> like, literally, I had seen it on Facebook or nice. I'd seen it on Yelp or someone had said something. But you know, hearing the story behind the Moscow Mule. And that's what we're all trying to do as a business, you know, try yeah. to create something that's compelling enough that someone's willing to share about it. Right. And I think that's what you guys are finding with barbecue. Yeah. 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 And also, you know, you put two pies in the oven. It's about all you can fit in there. Yep. I can fit 10 briskets on the smoker and they're what all What kind done. of smoker you guys have? It. I built a 400 gallon 
offset. Awesome. How'd you YouTube? No. Um, Franklin's book that he came oh, out his with. Book. I think that inspired it. Amazing. Yeah. I mean the amount the amount of offset pits that Franklin has inspired. It's just <laughs> it's. It's unbelievable. I mean, the gift that he has given to so many barbecue aficionados is something that is that is what we aspire to do. I mean, what yeah. Gene, the gift of barbecue that Gene gave us was this is how you run an amateur barbecue contest. This is yeah. how you can incorporate barbecue into your menu. These are some recipes. But it's it's the journey that whole that along that way. Yeah, because none of it was easy. No, none of it. No, it's still not easy to this day. No. And that, that book came out at a pretty low point for me because we were using uh, Green Egg. That mm-hmm. was kind of my first smoker. Sure. And so, yeah, we had cut the pies. I had the Green Egg. I, I already had the sauce. I did it backwards. I had the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and so for the next two years, I was working on smoking meat. And it was, it was mainly the burgers that were the driving force. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I, I had won a burger battle or not one I got second place but I had entered a burger battle where in Mammoth in Mammoth cool yeah it was the Mammoth food and wine experience burger battle and it was me versus four chef local chefs and awesome I got second so that boost boosted my confidence confidence so I kept going and started working with the meat on the egg on the green egg and it must have been pretty good because it got to the point where I was cooking on it every single day, which is kind of a pain on the green egg. Sure. Because all that grease makes it really hard to use. Well, it depends on what you're... On what you're <laughs> yeah, the briskets. Just, I mean, correct. And, it, you know, for, for us, we're huge supporters of Big Green Egg. I mean, yeah. they, they sponsor our festivals. They come out. Brian from Hot Sauces and More... Um, he sells Big Green Eggs, which is right where I live in Chula Vista and Otay, Otay right? But as far as what we do as a commercial restaurant, we use all hickory pits yeah. because of the volume yeah. that we're trying to right. do. Yeah. So we have two old hickory pits, not just oh, one, because nice. we got about two years into running the restaurant, we got to the point where we no longer had space on the smoker. Yeah. So we incorporated our second pit so that we could offset and make sure the most important thing is cooking fresh barbecue every day. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... Yeah, kind of outgrew the green egg, and I was at a point where I, I don't know what where to go next. I, I thought the brisket was okay, but it's it was missing something for me. The pork was really good. Cooking pork butts on a green egg is some of the best oh, pork amazing. I've ever had. For but, sure. But the brisket, it was just it wasn't there. It tastes more stewed. And me. what kind of how are you furthering your knowledge or your education? Uh, I was just trial and error. I really wasn't looking online. Okay. I wasn't reading any books. I was just doing it. Trial and error. That's yeah. And, pe- you know, people people would come around back because the, all the cooking that happens kind of out in the back. And so people have to go around back to get to our restroom. Yeah. So they'd see the operation. They'd start talking about barbecue. And somebody would say, oh, yeah, I put my briskets in a cooler with ice and some, I think, vinegar and a bunch of salt and brine it. Mm-hmm. And so I tried that and it didn't really do any, make any difference. <laughs> so, and then um, a friend of ours, a friend of my mom's from Bakersfield was co- smoking meat down there and uh, gave me some tips on the brisket. 
and then I took it into a Texas-style direction without really knowing, but I liked the way it tasted. Mm-hmm. I liked the way it was more salt and pepper on the rub, and it was sure. a lot easier than what I was trying to do. So I was doing that, started wrapping it in the butcher paper. That was a game changer. And then, yeah, it was, I mean, the egg, you can fit two briskets on there, the one I had. I think I had the XL. Mm-hmm. So two briskets, would cook that all day, and then the next day would be pork, and then I'd always be so running out of brisket. You're cooking, you're cooking for the restaurant. You're literally yeah, building a men, menu for yeah, the I, guests. I'm testing my recipes, but serving it to customers. So it's not just guests at the resort. You also had, did you also have... It's like open to the it's public. It's open to the public, so yeah. people can know that there's a restaurant. Yeah, and that. So you guys are on Yelp. Yeah, as a restaurant. Uh, I think Not it's. Yet. I think it's under Rock Creek it's Resort under Rock as a Creek whole. As a whole, okay. Yeah, because I, I think for the most part, people look at us as a restaurant, mm-hmm. even though we have the cabins. They're not. They're way off in the woods up above us, so you mm-hmm. don't see them. Really. So people know that the main building is a restaurant because it has always been, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so that's the restaurant and the store and like the fishing, the bait and tackle. Yeah. How yeah. many employees do you guys have? We have 12 to 15. 12 to 15? Yeah, Holy including shit. Amy and I. Wow. So it's, yeah, it's a small place, but there's a lot going on. Yeah. We also have absolutely. boat rentals. So you come to that general store and rent For a sure. boat. And yeah, so I mean, as far as all that went, we didn't you change much. fishing poles and we did, you but did. we stopped you doing stopped that because it got crazy. Because it's a pain in the ass? <laughs> yeah, because it, take, it, takes, it takes you out for like 30 minutes, 30, 45 oh, minutes to, to rig up, set up holes and teach them how to do it. <laughs> and then so, That's yeah, we, we kind of cut that. But we'll still show you how to do it and sure. set you up. But we won't rent them. You have yeah. to buy it. Bring in your own. But, yeah. Um, we, yeah, we didn't change the way the restaurant was set up. And uh, just kept doing the burgers, which was a staple and then adding the smoked meats as I felt like they were servable mm-hmm. and once yeah after that season that's I, yeah we got married that year lived up there and I what just what year did you get married that was 2016 2016 and so it was just it was a tough winter shoveling roofs every every morning mm-hmm. until the sun went down at three and <laughs> go inside sure and it just dumped snow every day felt like and so we we had gotten out of there and gone over on a trip to the coast, and I saw that book at Barnes and Noble, which and, the, the Franklin barbecue, and it inspired me because I had all that I had a bunch of scrap metal up mm-hmm. there at the resort, and I knew how to weld. I mean, the book is incredible. The amount of detail yeah. that Aaron I can't believe he ex- went into, disclosed all that information. Which I mean, that's the true essence of barbecue and barbecue family, and um, is it's giving back. And it's giving back yeah. in a way that he's sharing all these secrets of how to build an offset smoker, how to cook brisket, how to do things the way that he does it. And yeah. it's so scientific yeah. down to down to the very last detail. because he knows how hard it is. And Correct. he knows that not many people are going to do this commercially. Correct. If at all. Correct. <laughs> and, <laughs> the people that, and the people that do will carry his legacy on. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I, I built a smoker that spring. And since then, it's kind of just taken off. Yeah. The so tell beans. me what you've done. So you, you built the smoker, then you incorporated, did you rebrand the restaurant or you just menu-wise 
just started offering more barbecue items? Yeah, uh, we, I think not, not, a, not right off the bat, but the menu did start changing a little bit, incorporating more barbecue. And uh, we, we don't call it Miller and Son Barbecue or anything. It's still just Rock Creek Lakes Resort just mm-hmm. because we have so, there's so many aspects to the business. But for, for 40 years, it was called Pie in the Sky. Yeah. And so we're still dealing with that. Sure. And so I don't want to say, no, we're not Pie in the Sky. So we're... Have you I ever thought we're that Rock Creek Lakes there's Resort a possibility just, of doing pies? Of doing smoked pies? Well, that's the other thing. That was the other part of the restaurant that we, re- we did rebrand the pies and they're cobblers. And they're the same pie recipes. Same oh, so you're crust. Doing pies. Yeah. You're using the pie word, but it's cobbler. Oh, cobbler. Because people oh, we love cobbler. Pie aficionados get really mad uh, that it's cobbler. And they they don't <laughs> they don't come up anymore. They're gone. But the uh, people that don't care what shape it comes in yeah. are are back and they're are I don't know. Because literally, the cobbler you don't have to cook, you don't have to bake. Yeah, it's with a the giant. Pie crust. It's a well, you put we put two crusts in. It's double crusted. Yeah. So, but you you have it in a big sheet pan. Exactly. And you can cook so much more Correct. of it. So so easy. So much easier to cook that more much. More cost effective. Yeah. So it takes higher profit one, margin. One two per one or two people per day to cook enough cobbler to get us through the day. Yeah. And before it was like eight. Employees, are you smoking the cobbler or you're cooking it? Your oven cooking, we're it? cooking it in the ovens. Yeah. I've, I've put the peach cobbler in the smoker, it's okay. Big Green Egg can do that nice, but not to the volume that you would need for the yeah. restaurant, yeah. But for a holiday, yeah. Gene does that for us all the time, it's phenomenal, so good. yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so we, so we you're going on this journey. When, when, um, I guess, when did you come across behind the smoke? It's kind of, I'm, I'm interested in that. That was the end of. 2017, I think. End of 2017, think, really? Or maybe in somewhere in there. I think. I don't know. I was following a bunch of California barbecue teams on Instagram. Okay. And I saw some some posts from the Turf and Surf. Turf and Surf Barbecue yeah, Championship? And, yeah. And maybe, maybe early 2018. Anyway, I got online to mm-hmm. look up for the Turf and Surf. And it just takes you straight to behind the comfort. smoke video, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, master, is- masterminded right to behind the smoke. But video. yeah, it was cool. And I look, I was already following you just because I had gone through and followed uh-huh. every Some any other, barbecue place I could, any West Coast barbecue yeah. movement. So I think team, I, yeah. I was following Cali Comfort already, and so I, I had had you ever listened to a podcast before? No, not until that. You have an iPhone or an oh, Android? Oh, I listen to podcasts, but yeah. not yours specifically. Yeah, yeah. I always listen to podcasts. So you always listen to podcasts. Yeah. Android or iPhone, do you have? iPhone. iPhone? Yep. So what was the first podcast you listened to? I, I'm I curious started from because the beginning. I, I had an oh shit moment when I started listening to podcasts. Yeah. As somebody that loves talk radio and specifically sports talk radio, you know, I've, I've fell in love with the medium, but it was when I found podcasts, which was sometime in 2016, maybe early 2017, where I started searching for marketing, business, oh, yeah. restaurants, hospitality, and all of a sudden all these podcasts started coming up and I was yeah. like, holy shit, this is it's fucking great. There's and a, once you yeah, find something yeah. that you like, it's like you have an extra professor, somebody that's, that's talking yeah. to you and teaching you in ways that yeah. I wish I fucking had those classes in business school. I think the first time I listened to a podcast was probably in 20, oh, 
2012, mm-hmm. and it was the I can't even remember now, but it was like that. It was like a science-based mm-hmm. podcast. Sure, uh, it wasn't this American Life, but it was something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember it, but yeah, I would just sit on my days off and listen to that, or yeah. download an episode. And when if I had, had to go up and clean cabins, just listen to For that. Sure, and yeah. So I because you can do something else and listen yeah and that's awesome. I mean yeah that's one of the most incredible things I think for us being hosts of a podcast you know especially when Derek and I started and doing it above the butcher shop it was it was so crazy every week to see that there were people in Philadelphia in Northern California yeah. in Oregon in Australia that yeah. were downloading and interacting with us because they wanted to learn more about barbecue right. or they wanted to learn more about business right. or they owned a butcher shop in Israel and they're interacting with us and we're like, holy shit, like that's insane. Yeah. But then if you think about it, those subcultures, those small specific things that we care about that drive us, that's what the internet's doing. It's, it's yeah. literally eliminating all those barriers so you can yeah. go into Apple Podcasts and search for whatever you care about and something's going to come up. And if it doesn't come up, guess what? You should be making that podcast. I know, yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, I think that's why your podcast was so great for me is because I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I don't have the community that you have right out your front door. So I, I was just feeling alone in the whole process. And mm-hmm. that's why I started getting on Instagram and following people who are doing this and listening to your podcast. It was good to hear people going through the same struggles I was going through same doubts I was having you guys are going through it and lots of doubts yeah lots of struggles and that, lots that's of what failure. I needed and I, I think that kind of propelled me a little bit well it's part of the I mean you know back to the family it's every business there's a family that's buying in you know whether the wife works within the business like my wife she just had our two kids and she's a superwoman and yeah. I can't believe the amount of love and care and compassion that she's had to do to raise both of our kids but like she would love to be here but if she yeah. can't if she's not supporting me then none of this happens right. Right. you know it's like so that's part of the family side of this whole journey that we're yeah. all going through you yeah. know and i think the power of podcasting and the power of digital and new media is that we can sit here and have an on, honest conversation and not bullshit it for TV, not bullshit it for a magazine, not have some PR spin to it. It's like, listen, dude, we, we fucking opened as a breakfast restaurant. If we didn't have breakfast, our restaurant would have been closed. This place did? This place. Okay. This was built on breakfast. Wow. Literally, the first two years, we didn't, like, we ate served ribs for dinner. <laughs> but it was, a, it, we chased the liquor license. We wanted to bring a sports entertainment place to Spring Valley that was family friendly yeah. that people could relate to and had good food our menu was all over the place it was a fucking joke it was crazy I can't believe we even made it through that Yeah. but along the way stories were passed down we reached out to Gene Goykachea who was part of the barbecue community it's like it's not just about the curiosity you actually have to make the steps you have to send the email you have to send the DM and what happens if somebody says they don't respond yeah right. nothing I, 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 right? I've been doing that since I don't know ever since I got into social media I would always reach out randomly to uh, ask a question shots. yeah right yeah 
What happens if they don't answer? Yeah, what if they do? They do it, answer, and you get some what, free stuff. What if Aaron Franklin does answer your question? You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, what if a Gene Goykachea does answer your question? Helps yeah. you put on a barbecue event for Mammoth and the ski resort, and you know, oh, Sean that, White that comes awesome. and the ex. Like, I mean, those things can happen. Right. Yeah. But they start with an idea, but totally. that idea has to come to fruition, and yeah. you know, for us going along this journey and realizing that yeah we're a barbecue company but we're a media company also yeah we're able to go out and share stories of music festivals that are happening in san diego in ways that old media they can't do right we only know how to do it because we've had to do it for ourselves yeah you know what i mean yeah and i i mean you got to take advantage of every opportunity you get but you can also make some opportunities for yourself by like you said reaching out yeah. In the DM. <laughs> Reaching out on the DM, tweeting at people, an email. figuring out. I mean, that that's really, you know, the world that we live in is we had uh, Ali Husseini. Um, I don't know if you heard that episode from Bloody Decks, but he created a media company based off of a fishing guide. Oh, nice. He's literally has a show on the Discovery Channel, but he built it all off of this fishing guide. Nice. You know, and it's like. It's the same thing that's happening up like if you're compelled to share this information through your Facebook group, through, you know, a podcast, you can create something at Rock Creek that the entire Eastern Sierras doesn't have. Right. And you become a voice. And it doesn't matter how many you don't need to have thousands of people listening. If you have 40 people that are leaders within those small villages up in the Sierras and they look to you for answers or they come to you to hear the weekly podcast or the weekly report. <laughs> Yeah. What happens? You've changed everything. Yeah, that's true. I've thought about that podcast up at Rock Creek. Mm -hmm. be, I don't know what I'd talk about, but there's some interesting people that come through that would be fun, and fun to have on the podcast. But. I'm sure there are. I mean, that, like, yeah. that, that's the most exciting part about being new media and creating your own media company is you're compelled to share the stories that you want to share. Right. You know, yeah. I was compelled to respond to your email that told me, hey, we took over this incredible resort in the eastern Sierras. We started bottling barbecue sauce. We started trying to run a barbecue restaurant. You know, you saw us on Instagram. You listened to the podcast and you're going to be in San Diego. I want to hear that story. <laughs> I want Thanks. to hear that story Thanks. because we're here in Spring Valley, you know, and the yeah. fact that anyone's listening to this podcast is it's amazing to us, yeah. but it's also allows people to have a seat at the table to know that right. they can do it too. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be barbecue. It doesn't have to it, literally whatever they care about, they can do it, but it's got to start somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's got to be digitally focused. Totally. Yeah. You know, but if you're digitally focused, when they come in, there has to be a human there. And that's the hospitality side. Isn't that right? That's totally right. I mean, if yeah. you had 15 people that didn't give a shit about people, you guys would be closed pretty fast. Oh, yeah. And I think all of our followers are, have been into the resort and have had an interaction with me or um, my in-laws or our employees. And it's been a positive experience. And they leave, follow us so that they can stay connected. And... Uh, Otherwise, I don't think we'd have any falls yet. No, That's awesome. Who cares about us? <laughs> so where, uh, where can people go to find you? Everything we talk about, um, we'll put in the show notes. Stover, our producer in Oregon, um, he does a phenomenal job getting all the links in there and any, uh, anything we talk about. But where, uh, where do you want people to find you? Well, our main website is rockcreeklakesresort.com. That's lakes, plural. Multiple lakes. Multiple lakes. All right. 
and um, and then the barbecue side is millsauceco.com. And they can buy sauce. You can online. buy sauce online. Shipped. Shipped by Ready me. Ready for the holidays. My hands have touched it. Your hands have touched it. Handcrafted. Yeah. Yeah, and um, those are. Yeah, I mean, you can follow us on Instagram at Mill Sauce Co. or Rock Creek Lakes Resort. Perfect. Same, same on Facebook. And if you're on your way to Mammoth and you don't stop by and you've listened to this podcast, that's on you. Because yeah. life is about action. So stay yeah. curious, get involved, and uh, be sure to follow them on social. And um, we, we are grateful that you made it down here, man, yeah, to share you your so story. Much. We're going to follow you guys. And um, thanks. I'm sure there's going to be some big things happening for the West Coast Barbecue Movement um, up in the Eastern Sierras. So thank you yeah. guys for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Um, write a review. That helps us out a lot. And um, check out our YouTube channel. Thanks. By turning our barbecue restaurant and brand into a media company, we have built a team of professionals who can help you do the same for your business. In 2020, if you want to have a stronger presence online, contact Cali BBQ Media to see how we can help with video, podcasting, audio search, and a mobile-first website. Contact us today at calibbq.media.